This episode is brought to you by Novella Mattresses. I watch shows like My 600 Pound Life all the time, and I see those people who are bedridden. If you were bedridden, would you want to live your entire life on an uncomfortable mattress? I think the answer is a solid no. That's why you need a mattress from Novilla. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress, perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369.99. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Ever since I got this mattress, I've been struggling to get out of bed in the morning because it's so comfortable. Even Frank loves it as it's his favorite bed in the house. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. Boys and girls and elves and the he, she, they, thems out there. Uh, welcome to yet another episode of Cancel Schwizzy. Like I said, uh, this is the best episode we will ever make. This is the Lord's Trademark's favorite podcast. And you have decided uh, to check out the show today. So welcome to the show. Looks like you made it and uh, looks like uh, everything you do is uh, in, in regards to not be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. So, you know, you're here. <clears throat> that's, uh, that's, what, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're here for. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying uh, to make this uh, – we're doing, doing the, the Christian show uh, this year, uh, the, this week – on the show, uh, what we're trying to do is we're, we're going to determine how gay the Yuletides will be this year. It's the Christmas season, the best holiday of the year, my favorite holiday of the year, where it's the one holiday we all decide to not be assholes to each other. So that's why it's the best. That's why it's the best holiday of the year. So welcome uh, to the show today. Uh, I like that. Uh, you you made it. You clicked. You made the appropriate clicks to get here, and uh, you know I can't be more proud of you, uh, for what you're doing. So thank you, uh, for clicking on the show today. Uh, you know, before I go into everything, I just wanted to tell you, uh, cause I know you were interested. Uh, I have music out wherever you stream your music or buy music or download music. Uh, it should be there. Spotify, Apple, Tidal, Deezer, Amazon, YouTube. It's there. It's out there for you. And, uh, it's there for you to click on and uh, be a member and uh, for you to listen to nonstop 24-7. And I really like that. Ride or Die, the first one, came out uh, right now. It's, it's a year old, which is really exciting. That was, I took me a couple months to make that, and I was really proud of that. Volume 2 is out there, too, right now, where you get your music. I got some, a cover of "Is Gonna Be Me by NSYNC. I got, what else do I got? I got another EP, King. I may be releasing new music. Who knows? 
I'm I'm a wild card, and uh, so uh, that's the thing is uh, that's my hole. That, that's where it spits. So you gotta go. You gotta go check that out. You gotta be streaming that nonstop. Are you not streaming my music nonstop? Well, that's a time for you to rise up and change because you need to stop doing that. You need to rise up, and uh, you know you need to start listening to my music twenty four seven. That's uh, what you gotta do. And uh, this is the type of guy you get. So, um, and if you're a woman out there, guess what? Feel like a woman, a real woman. So yeah, you're gonna have to do it if you're a woman. That's 100% what you're gonna have to do. Um, you can also check me out on social media. Social media is where I post, you know, new episodes of the podcast, obviously, when I post new music and any other life updates, I typically do post those on the social media. So you can go check out there. It's at the Shweezy. That's basically anywhere. Basically what people use for social media these days. That's uh, Instagram. I post a lot on Instagram. Uh, there's also uh, Facebook I post there and uh, Twitter. I've been trying to keep up a little bit more there. TikTok. I mean, even doing like non-show related stuff, just doing goofy shit like lip singing, just like cringe, cringe type of things, which is really funny. So why are you not uh, even checking that out, guys? It's going to be the one that you really need to check out because that shit is funny. And, uh, yeah, it's like, open the safe, but just got a lot to say. And shit like that. That was funny, and my friends think it's weird, too, and that's the best part. Uh, when you can make your friends uncomfortable from the things you did. So... Yeah, that's another thing, though, so go check me out there, follow me over there, and that really gives you updates on uh, everything I'm doing. Well, other updates <coughs> that I can give you on the show is um, I stream on Twitch every Thursday and other days of the week, too, uh, when I have the time to do it. Um, I'll be swing doing that. I finished Pokemon, and so I'm trying to put the highlights up on YouTube uh, for those of you who want to watch it there, but I do stream it live on Twitch as well. It's a great way to see me live do it, and uh, I, I edit it on the uh, on uh, YouTube, but I don't edit it on uh, Twitch because I can't because it's live. Uh, so it was really fun. I've been playing Halo Infinite. I started the campaign last Thursday, so I'm continuing to do more of that. I think I'm going to stream. It's Monday today when I'm recording this, so Tuesday I'll probably stream at least the main campaign of Halo Infinite, and uh, probably do it more on Thursday, too. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, probably get back into the GTA, if uh, get things set up, maybe do some more Pokemon games. Okay, I like Pokemon. That's like my favorite video game franchise. So um, Pokemon's always going to be on the list. Pokemon's always going to be happening. I'm always going to be doing the Pokemon stuff. So it's, that's a good place to go check me out there doing that as well. Uh, so go check that out. With Twitch is a great thing to support me. Um, following anyone on Twitch, that's a free thing you can do. Requires zero money from you at all to do any of that. Uh, however, though, if you do want to financially support the show and you already have an Amazon Prime account, you can combine the two, get them both connected. You get a Twitch Prime account, which gives you one free subscribe. Now, the subscribes are different from the follows, where uh, the subscribes are typically like a $5 thing. For like a sub on Twitch is around like a $5 deal. However, if you have an Amazon Prime account already, you do get one free sub a month or, you know, uh, regardless of your membership, so uh, why not help out your your favorite daddy? Uh, that's a great way, like with something you're already paying for, you can help support the show, and a great way to say thank you for being a friend. Another great way to say thank you for being a friend is supporting us on Patreon. Patreon is a great thing for creators, it's a great thing for me, and it's a great way to help me out and help me do what I need to do uh, in order to uh, survive and live and uh, keep this show, because I want to keep this show high quality, and Patreon really helps out with that. So if you support the show on Patreon and you want to say thank you for being a friend, uh, that's a great way to fully support me. And I and that's actually how I turn to loving you. 
But there's also free shit you can do, which also earns my respect. Um, if you're watching the show on YouTube or watching one of the highlights or whatever that, what you can go ahead and do is like the highlight or the episode. Uh, leave a comment on your thoughts. If you have any thoughts on any specific topic on the episode, that's also a great uh, thing to do. I like discussing things. If you're, if you're not being a dick, I'll respond to you. If you're not, I'm smart enough to know to not respond. I'll give you the satisfaction. Obviously, you guys smash that subscribe button, smash that like button, you know, obviously as well, uh, to help us get into, because uh, we're trying to infiltrate the YouTube algorithm uh, a bit more. We're doing a pretty good job with the audio platform, but we're still trying to infiltrate that YouTube algorithm. So uh, to help with that, yeah, that's a great thing. If you, you know, when the highlights are really great because you have a friend who's like, I oh, mean, I really want to help out Daddy Sweezy. <laughs> But there's already so many episodes, I don't know where to start. Well, the highlights are a great way to start. Like, say, uh, one of our popular videos is me talking about Gwen Shamblin. Uh, if you have a friend who knows anything about that or interested in that, uh, you can send that highlight of me talking about that. It's a great thing to do. Uh, if you have a friend who has very specific advice, like they, they don't know how to use a bidet, I have plenty of videos on telling you about bidet advice uh, from a professional bidet owner. And so that's a great, you know, that's a great thing to do. You know, just share it with your friends and that way they can get a little more interested and help out daddy a little bit more. And then uh, daddy will be able to, you know, continue doing content, you know, great way to help say, that's a great, also a great way to say thank you for being a friend. But um, obviously I know a lot of you are listening on the audio platforms. So what you can do on the audio platforms, uh, one, the best thing you can do, uh, obviously, uh, subscribe to the show. That's easy. You just press that subscribe button, notifies you when I release new episodes on the weekly. Uh, you also get, uh, you can also leave a review and then start writing out a review, uh, talk about the bullshit I say and leave us a star review. That's five, four, three, two, one stars. Uh, that's a great way to help infiltrate this, uh, the whole audio, uh, algorithm as well. So that's free shit you can do. Why are you not doing that free shit? Uh, come on, don't be stingy. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, so yeah, overall, just do free shit, you know, it's all I ask to do free shit. And if you want to be cool, then you can always uh, uh, help us out financially on Patreon or over on Twitch, you know, Twitch, you can even do that for free if you're already paying for Amazon Prime. So uh, like I said, don't be stingy. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. So uh, yeah, <clears throat> Anyways, let's get into the news. So this is our segment we do every week called Previous Week Right Now. Previous Week Right Now is the news brought to you by me. I go through all news that's happened over the previous week, and I go over it um, right now, right now when I'm recording this. So that's why we call it uh, Previous Week Right Now. It's the previous week right now. And... Uh, without further ado, in the words of uh, Philip DeFranco... Let's just jump into it. Okay. This is our first article from our friends over at NBC9 News. Now, when I say our friends over at NBC9 News, I mean we have no affiliation at all. So, um... Are cats psychopaths? And new research says probably. <laughs> Congratulations. You played yourself. Uh, have you ever wondered what was on your cat's mind? Well, a new study suggests that it may be something a little darker than we'd like to think. Researchers at the University of Liverpool and Liverpool John Moores University surveyed several pet owners to see what level of psycho psychopathy uh, their cats landed on based on human standards. Their findings were published in the December issue of the Journal of Research in Personality. Uh, what they found was that a majority of cats surveyed fell under the spectrum of psychopathy. Psycho 
psychopathy. I mean, that's what I'm going to say. I feel like I'm saying it wrong, but that's what I'm going to say. To narrow down how a cat could be considered a psychopath, uh, researchers asked four, 549 pet owners questions like, my cat vocalizes loudly, examples, meows, yowls, for no apparent reason. My cat runs around the house for no apparent reason, and my cat does not appear to act guilty after misbehaving. The triarchic, triarchic concept of psychopathy uh, was used to create a new feline-centered criteria for psychopathy. Uh, Under the triarchic uh, concept level of boldness, meanness, and disinhibilitation and used to measure psychopathy in humans. Cats check all three of those boxes, but two other traits emerge, human unfriendliness and pet unfriendliness. In an interview with Vice's motherboard, researchers said the reason cats may fall under the spectrum of psychopathy is due to the animalistic and wild nature. If you'd like to figure out if your cat might be a psychopath, click here to find out more information on a test. I did not click that. Uh, This is a podcast. I'm just reading shit. Um, That being said, though, um, it's kind of funny. And it's weird because, like, I've met cats that really do like you, and then you meet cats that just don't give a shit about you or anything you do. So this is a really funny kind of, like, concept to think about um, because, like, I've met kind of both. And then if you, when you earn a cat's trust, you know, they want to sit on your lap, they like you and shit like that. And, uh, when they don't, it's not a problem. And, uh, cats are just very strange creatures. And, uh, yeah, I think it's funny if they're psychopaths or not. Uh, that is pretty funny. But, uh, also, like, the weird thing with cats, like, you can, dogs seem, dogs will seem like they know when they're misbehaving and they know when you're mad at them. It feels like cats also it feels like sometimes cats may not know, or they do know, and they just don't give a shit. Maybe that's the reason why someone thought about this. This is a weird subject to think about when you think about animals and stuff like that. Um, stuff like that, you know, we have Frank, we have another cat in our home, too, and that cat, like, hisses at you, and I, like, go and pet it and lift it up, and she doesn't, like, try to attack me or anything. So it's a weird, it's a weird situation. And uh, you can say cat around Frank, and he gets all gets all angry and wants to run around outside, but then he sees the cat that lives in our home and, uh, does, does not do anything about it. So, Frank is, Frank is a weird dog who might be part cat, too. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, I guess you can, cats, I guess, I don't know, well, I guess some, someone's gonna be like, people who hate cats are gonna be like, oh, I could have told you that old cats are psychopaths. I'm like, you don't know, you don't know anything about cats, and, like, cats are fine, they just, they're just easier to take care of. Dogs need your undivided attention. Well, unless you have Frank, then Frank is a whole different story. Like, I feel like we, I was thinking like the other day, I was like, could Frank survive out in the wild? And, uh, what I think is, uh, yes, I think he could survive out in the wild if he was able to find his own food and everything. Um, but, uh, I think he needs humans. Now, I think yesterday I had to sell... I sold, like, a cajon because I'm never using it. So I sold someone on Facebook Marketplace, and they came over here to pick it up. And um, so, yeah, I kept Frank inside for obvious reasons. So I brought the cajon out. We made our transaction. Everything. So I'm going, bringing ready to go back inside. And uh, I was trying to keep Frank in there, too. But he sneaks out, runs for his life. He jumps in their vehicle. There's, like, a small child in the back seat. I don't know them personally, FYI. It's just on something I sold on Facebook. And Frank's jumping in the car. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Frank, you're trying to get yourselves killed. But I don't think a cat would ever do that. 
And I don't even know where I was going with this story. It's just that Frank is trying to get himself murdered. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's just 100%. Um, yeah, that's all I can really say. So, uh, uh, or cats, psychopaths? I don't know. Uh, look at this next one. Tom Holland says he made a WhatsApp group chat with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. I think I'm the only one who's ever spoken in it. This is from Insider. Uh, Tom Holland said that he created a group chat with previous Spider-Man actors Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. I don't know how it got set up, Holland initially said, while paired with co-star Zendaya for an interview with BBC Radio 1's film critic Ollie Plum. And FYI, BBC does not stand for Big Black Cock. It's British Broadcasting Company. Uh... As he stated, detailing his past encounters with McGuire, the first actor to portray the Marvel web singer on the big screen before Garfield and Holland later took over in separate reboots, Holland realized that he was actually the one who initiated the group chat. We bumped into Toby at a Japanese restaurant a while ago, and I took his number, and then I set it up. The actor said, I was like, guys, listen, we can't all share each other's numbers and not have a group chat. I think I'm the only one who's ever spoken in it, Holland added. McGuire played the iconic Marvel character in Sam Raimi's trilogy released between two 2002 and 2007, Garfield went on to star as Spider-Man in two movies released in 2012 and 2014, No Way Home, which marks Holland's sixth appearance as a web singer, and his third standalone movie will feature villains from Maguire and Garfield's films. Now, rumors about Garfield and Maguire also appearing in the films have persisted over the past year, despite Holland and Garfield repeatedly denying reports. Holland first met Garfield at the BAFTAs in 2017, and the social network star has repeatedly praised the young actor's performance over the years. Most recently, the two met up at GQ's Men of the Year party. We'd only met once before a bunch of years ago on the red carpet, Garfield said in an interview with uh, Smalley's Celebrity Small Talk. He continued, I was there with my dad. He was there with his mom. I think it was a really sweet thing, so it was nice to be able to see him and be like, I'm so excited to see what your movie is going to be, and I just think he's such a great actor and such a great Spider-Man. It was fun. In his BBC Radio 1 interview, Holland said that playing Spider-Man can be an alienating experience because only three actors have done it in live-action, big-screen projects. I have my friendships and my relationships with people that I can express my concerns and talk about my problems and that sort of stuff, he said, but there's nothing quite like doing it with someone who has donned the suit. Holland said that although he doesn't know Garfield well, he wanted to approach him at the party because of their shared experience. We went out to another party after that, and I actually bumped into Toby only 20 minutes later, he added. Over the last few years, we've kind of been getting closer just because I think we've all realized that we share something that only us three people share. Continuing to deny reports of all three actors suiting up together in No Way Home, Holland said, and obviously one day sharing the screen with them would be a delight. No one believes me, but unfortunately, it's not in this movie. So, um, the movie comes out this week, um, like I said, I'm recording this, uh, Monday, uh, December 13th, I believe, yes, uh, Monday, December 13th, so if something comes out between now and the 15th when this episode airs, or when the highlight of the, if a highlight of this comes out, um, I don't know, but I'm, like, 95% sure they're both in the movie, just from leaks and shit like that, it just, it just makes sense, it seems weird to have the villains and not them make an appearance in the film, it's, that's just me, um, so, yeah, I don't know, but, like, I think they're doing the world premiere tonight, the one I don't get to see, so, uh, things are gonna happen, and, uh, uh, they, they have been blue-balling us, so maybe, maybe they're right, and they're not in the film, maybe they're blue-balling us. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. And, uh, but, I don't know, uh, 
a, a guy who looks like Ed Asner, who was jerking off with a guy named Mark, once said, Man proposes and God disposes. So that's also another thing, too. But um, here's the thing with this. I have some issues. Um, so, obviously, we've learned, if you've watched any of these Marvel movies or watch any of the press work, I actually watched this interview. I was, I don't know, I think I just... Stumbled across it on like a YouTube binge or whatever, but uh, I, I watched it, the interview, and uh, he did say this. I remember him saying, that, "Yeah, we have group chat," but I think I'm the only one who's ever responded. So if they end up in the movie, like it just 100 sounds like it's going to be, um, it just seems like it's going to be. They're going to be in the movie. Uh, what I'll say is, say uh, they probably actually have talked in the group chat a little bit more and stuff like that. But it's weird. Spider-Man, these are the only three people who played Spider-Man. But I don't think the Batman actors are doing this. I don't think uh, I don't think Charlie Cox and Ben Affleck have a group chat for playing Daredevil. Um, and who else? Who else has played? I mean, I don't think Lou Ferrigno and Mark Ruffalo and uh, who's, the, who's the other guy? I don't know. I can't remember his name at the moment. The guy from Fight Club or whatever. Um... I don't think they have a group chat, so, I mean, it's weird. Um, it's, it's a weird thing. George Clooney and uh, Val Kilmer and Christian Bale and Ben Affleck, they all have a, a Batman group chat, and so like, Robert Pattinson just joined in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be, be, that seems kind of weird. But uh, overall, though, I think, uh, you know, what I'll say um, is it, it is fun. If he is true and he's, like, not doing it, I'm like, I feel so much for you. Could have been group chats where it's all I do is send memes and no one talks to each other. I'm like, can, does anyone else know how to be a friend? Like, we don't, do we know how to talk to each other and communicate like real people? I mean, I know I'm sending memes nonstop, but, um, at least be like, ah, oh, that's funny. And then like, Hey, I have a story about this and you tell a story. That's how, I mean, that's how I interview people, but also that's how, that's how things are supposed to work. That's how things work in, in the world. So, um, pe my friends, I guess, need to learn how to communicate. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. So, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe my friends, maybe my friends are in Spider-Man No Way Home. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie as of I'm recording this, so. Uh-oh, here we go. We got another update from one of our favorite people. And I really like that. Now, just think about that, uh, FBI agent who's watching everything I do. And he's like, he's Googling Garth Brooks again. He's like, maybe I should check out this podcast. And I'm like, why are you not listening to my podcast, FBI agent who's listening in on me? Uh, Trisha Yearwood celebrates 16th anniversary with husband Garth Brooks. Happy Sweet 16. This is from People. Trisha Yearwood is marking 16 years of wedded bliss with Garth Brooks. The three-time Grammy winner, uh, 47, celebrated their anniversary Friday on Instagram, posting a black-and-white photo of them kissing on stage. <clears throat> Happy Sweet 16, Mr. Yearwood. Mr. Yearwood. Uh, Yearwood wrote to her husband, 59, in the caption. She also celebrated 16 years of being a bonus mom to Brooke's three daughters and with his first wife, Sandy Mall, 56, by sending flowers to stepdaughters Taylor Bain, 29, August Anna, 27, and Allie Colleen, 25. Uh, Allie shared a video of the flowers to her Instagram story 16 years ago. I got the best bonus mom in the world, she wrote. As a child with two amazing parents to have been chosen by a third as one daughter is a gift I cannot explain. 
I'm the lucky one. She's so honored to get to be a part of your life, Yearwood wrote in response. I love you. Yearwood previously raved about being a stepmom to people, explaining that her three stepdaughters have given her a lot of grace since she married their dad. They let me learn my way and allowed me to be that third parent in their lives. Yearwood said in May, they were a gift that I didn't know I needed. I didn't know how much children brought into your life until I got a chance to be a part of their lives. Uh, the Every Girl artist also told people that every day is Valentine's Day with Brooks. He's so much more thoughtful than me. He's so much more romantic than me. He really, He's really amazing, Yearwood said in 2019. Yearwood and Brooks were longtime friends and collaborators before they began dating in 2002. They tied the knot in 2005 at their home in Owasso, Oklahoma. So... Um, I'm glad Garth is nice to, to Trisha Yearwood, but, uh, another good question. Where are the bodies, Garth? That's a good question we have to have. Now, I think I've said on a podcast before that I would love to have Garth Brooks come on, but I think I've ruined that 100% ruined him ever coming on the show, um, forever for, um, I think I was kind of hinting at where are the bodies, Garth? And I think it just happened. It spelled out. Now I don't think he'll ever come on this show. Which is unfortunate. Um, I've, I've, I've heard, I've had friends friends who met Allie, his daughter, who she, do, she does music here in Nashville and uh, is really trying not to be known as Garth Brooks' daughters, which is really cool. I'm glad she's actually uh, doing that. And I said she heard she's really nice and everything. I don't know her, but I've, he's friends of friends. So um, they, they know, they know her. I've heard she's really nice. So we're not talking about her. Um, but, uh, no, I think it's, it's cool. No, it's weird. I guess they do, they have kind of come out because they, they do post a lot on, uh, on the social medias. Obviously, Garth does, and that's where we want to know where the bodies are. And, uh, I think, uh, my aunt's ashes belong with her family. We, we, it's, it's weird because they were, they do try to post that like perfect relationship type shit, you know? And in my mind, when people like post like how much they love each other on social media, there's a red flag. Now, my parents don't post any of that shit. They know how to use social media and they don't post that shit ever. And that's how I know everything's good. My friends, all my like good friends, at least, uh, the ones I know who like, if they were having a problem with their marriage, they'd at least tell me something and at least give my thoughts. And I always just, I always tell them the honest truth. Like, shit, I'm like, don't let this ruin your marriage, bud. I always tell them that shit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. And then they talked about how they did, how it, they have had rough patches and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, now it's being honest. So why, so there's, it's a weird yin and yang because they do post to how much they love each other. I'm Mr. Yearwood. Yeah. Uh, last face you see before I'm Mr. Yearwood and then the trunk closes and that's the last thing you remember of your entire life and you wake up whatever afterlife you decide to believe in um with that you know um with Garth yeah I mean so it's weird because they they're honest about having struggled but then they're also posting way too much so there's a weird middle ground I do think they're happy and in love and everything I don't think they're doing anything I think uh I think the nice thing is they're both rich and I feel and that's always a weird thing to me because I feel like a lot of friends have a lot of their problems come from the fact that uh they uh money money is like a huge problem in relationships and shit like that so um so I think it's funny they're like money's not I love I think about those ideas like money is not an issue for like some couples you know it's like if money's not an issue and then like I feel like any problem could be solved but that's my mind. People are like, money can't buy happiness. I'm like, yes, it fucking, well, it can 
buy not sadness. I think that's a that's a good quote. We need that's my I'm I'm coming up with that. Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy non sadness. I'm coining that term and um, keeping that in in my pocket forever. Whatever that's mine. No one else gets it. So, um, in regards to 16 years of marriage, I hope clear the roads. LOL. Okay, last article we have. Uh, Dream Theater's John Petrucci. I always wonder why more women don't come to our shows. Straight up from a louder sound. Uh, if you thought an extended break from touring cycles would afford Dream Theater's John Petrucci a hard-earned rest from crafting prog genius, you'd be wrong. Conjuring up a new solo album, the first Liquid Tension experiment record in 22 years, plus a new DT, uh, which is short for Dream Theater, venture in the space of the pandemic, Metal's Riffmeister General is proving that there's no rest for the wicked. To celebrate this month's uh, release of the Prog Maestro's lofty 15th effort, a view from the top of the world, we challenge you to interview the guitar master for us uncovering his secrets on epic beard maintenance, the challenges of eight string guitars, and the many fees of Dream Theater's careers so far. Here are the answers to your question. And I only pulled the one that I thought was funny. So I'm not reading this whole interview. Given the low ratio of women to men, uh, estimated four women to every 96 women, man, at the sh at your shows, have you considered using the lack of any line for the ladies' restroom as a selling point in promoting your concerts? Joe Flesher from Facebook. That's funny. I'm not sure why it's like that. I just did my third guitar camp called John Petrucci's Guitar Universe, and I have lots of guest instructors that come in. This was the first time my wife, Rena, came as a guest instructor. She's a guitar player from Mean Streak, which was an all-female thrash band, and she plays in all-female Judas Priest tribute band, Judas Priest Priestess. Priestess. Now. Okay, that's what it's called. Uh, all the campers were there except for two were male. We had a discussion on why more women don't come to camps and concerts in this genre. There are tons of female players and drummers out there. Why don't they come to shows? We've seen an increase in dream theater audiences lately, but the ratio is still well off, and I always wondered why. I'd love to see more women come to our shows. So that's, that's pretty interesting. So I do kind of have a thought on this, but uh, um, I guess first thing we always have to say is not all women. We all, I know. I know. It's not what we're talking about. I'm just going to say that before. So now that I put that there, I'm going to continue talking. Um, I think it's just a weird thing. I think in regards to music that speaks to you, music that you really like and stuff like that, I feel like uh, prog metal or prog rock I, I think they're more prog metal i would assume dream theater and john petrucci and anything he does um i think it's just it speaks a lot more to men than women uh i think that's just kind of how it is and this is the type of guy you get um you know and honestly i don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's not this is for men only women are not allowed to listen to this music if it's as long as it's not like that and like oh if you're a woman you can listen to it but if you're just gonna like let it out there. I think men will just like it more than women. I just think that's uh, how how it is. And you know, honestly, it's nothing wrong with that. Now, you know, painting your nails and makeup, men are getting into that now. Um, however, I'm I'm going to assume that more women are still going to be interested in makeup and painting their nails than men. I mean, men are going to like doing it and do it, but I think women are still going to be liking that more. So. Uh, you know, it's just how it is, and that's how life is. You know, um, 
and you kind of learn a lot about this when you go to uh, music school. I mean, I went to music school. Uh, I did music technology, so that's a lot of music production, live sound, and then weird electronic music too. Just kind of that stuff's weird. Um, and uh, then I get criticized on the music I make, and I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't make a song with fucking banging, dropping toothpicks on a table or whatever. Um, anyways, though, um, that's besides the point. Uh, what I will say, though, is, you know, when I went to music school, like, in the kind of the music technology, auto production, live sound, stuff like that, um, women were there, but there were a lot less women than men. Now, the normal men, and I do want to say the normal men, because uh, there's probably, like, one or two guys that I didn't really care for. They're probably weird, and I didn't want to talk to them that much. Um, w- you know, with that, uh, um, it wasn't, like, a big deal. Like, there was a woman there. Some some of the women weren't bad-looking, and so all the guys would be like, ooh, and so, but then most guys were like, oh, it's okay, you're a girl, it's okay, it's okay, you can be here, um, so, but, you know, and so, and think, speaking on behalf of, uh, does this, do women want to, does this appeal to women more or not, and, uh, women are allowed to, but, you know, uh, given the choice, I don't think as many women are into that shit, I mean, I think, I know a lot of women now, they're kind of, you know, at least the songwriting ones I know, and Matt, uh, they, they, you know, they know enough to, you know, record demos and shit at home and send, like, a rough recording to someone. Um, but, you know, in full-on production, you know, there's a lot of women out there. I think it's kind of becoming a lot more. I think more women are getting into it. And I don't know. I mean, I'm fine. I think it's fine that women want to get into it. But I don't know if it'll ever become, like, a 50-50, like, men and women. Uh, there's just enough women who are into it with men. Um if that makes sense of what I'm trying to say here, it's like, I don't think there's any problem with women producing. I've, I've actually listened to a couple of productions and I think they're really good, but I don't know if we're just going to take every man and woman and see if this is a peak interest. I just feel like more men are kind of into it than women. But uh, I do encourage every woman out here to get into music production. Uh, be poor and sad like me. Be poor and sad like the rest of us. Um, you can do it too. All you, to be poor and sad does not take a lot of work. Um... And so that's kind of how we think about going back to our main topic. That's kind of how I do think in regards to, you know, you know, this thrash metal, thrash rock, uh, prog metal and stuff like that. I just think uh, it just probably appeals to more men than women. I just, you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's only as long as it's like no girls allowed type shit. I don't think uh, that should be a problem to anyone. And so I guess that's my thoughts. But uh, Dream Theater, they have, I mean, they're not bad. Not my type of music. I think it's just too, the music's too long. Shit like that. I kind of want to listen to a song that's 45 minutes. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe if you're a woman, maybe you should get more women to go to Dream Theater shows. I think John Petrucci wants more women there. I don't know, a bunch of creepy guys would love you there too. Um, so make sure you bring pepper spray too if you go. Have you ever been hungry? I have. But did you know 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten and $218 billion in food is thrown away every year? When you're hungry, that information will turn you into a Kyle and punch a hole in the wall. But do not fear, my friends. Today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to save the day. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most 
most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In, mo in moments, I'm stingy with my diet. I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here is the best part. When you sign up using the link in our description, you can get an $80 credit. Holy shit. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today, help stop food waste, and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. Are you a fat piece of shit who needs to get their life together? Do you want to look like me, the pinnacle of health and nutrition? Well, to be just like me, the greatest athlete of all time, you're going to need health supplements to get the most out of your workout, lose some extra weight, and work towards a healthy lifestyle. That's where today's sponsor, FNX Fitness, is your new hero. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon to water of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So, I don't think anyone understands how much I hate this movie. No one, I don't know if the world understands it. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, every December, then during the Christmas season, we go over, I watch a Christmas movie and we review it and we all go over it as friends and uh, I really just wanted to torture myself this year. I don't know why I picked this. Um, I, I, vo I waited. I, like, I knew I had to watch it. I think it was like Friday or Saturday. I'm like, I know I have to watch this, but I don't want to. And I like avoided it. I was doom scrolling on Instagram and TikTok, doing whatever I had to do to avoid this. Now, I know a lot of you probably think when I do these movie reviews, for those of you, if this is your first, not your first time, you probably just think of, uh, I just watch a movie and then just write some notes down afterwards or whatever, and it's not that long. Um, I consistently, I sit, I'm watching the movie, and I'm taking notes the entire movie. That's how I have to do it. So it's a very in-depth process, uh, these movies are. And it, it really is giving me a stomach ulcer, I have to say. Um, the other the other two I've done this year, uh, The Santa Claus, with the E at the end, and uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, those, Santa Claus is okay. The Grinch, I love. So that was not been a struggle so far. But the Polar Express has has got to be, first of all, my least favorite Christmas movie. I think if I had to pick one Christmas movie we could just get rid of, it's uh, it's the Polar Express. And I, hopefully I can convince you to hate this movie just as much as me uh, while watching this. Um, and, you know, like I said, I'm trying to avoid watching this. And then there, I got to one point, you know, I'm trying to bargain with myself to not have to watch this movie again. And I say to myself, um, I say to myself, well, this year I, I want to pick movies that I have like a kind of like a, a good story to. And that kind of in my in my past, I've, you know, there's something that's kind of like connected with this movie, particularly when I think about this movie and I have like a memory with it. So, I mean, I was like that. And then I thought, I don't think I have any good memories with the Polar Express, and then I remembered, and I was like, fuck me, uh, that in my high school pep slash jazz band, it was the same thing, small school, 
uh, every Christmas time, we would play Hot Chocolate. And uh, while watching this movie, I also remember we did Rockin' on Top of the World, too. Um, but I remember we did that, and I thought I forgot these melodies uh, from many years of drinking and some other things, too. Uh, I thought... I thought I was getting. I thought I was getting to the point where I had forgotten high school completely. I thought I, I thought I got there. Thought I was getting close to that. Turns out I turns out I wasn't. This this just brought back all the memories and everything. And uh, the reason why I'm saying this though with the hot chocolate, there's, there's the funny story that I have involved with this song. The idea is there was a there's a guy in the band. Uh, he basically just had a monotone voice. Not really a big deal in like an instrumental band. Not a big deal. Until at the end of Hot Chocolate, it was like something like that. And that's uh, I'm still trying to forget that melody. And uh, we at the end of it, they're like da da da, and then we stop, and then everyone had to say Hot Chocolate, and uh, so into the tune of this Hot Chocolate. That's how you had to say. It. And this, this guy's a Hot Chocolate, and he would always last longer, and we'd always just laugh at him uh, to the point where then he would just mouth along uh, to the words, and then we call him out for uh not saying it dude you didn't say it you didn't say it you know told this kid teacher and the teacher just thought it was funny so he's like yeah doesn't seem like he's actually getting bullied so it's just kind of one of those things um we did weird things in that band um i remember uh we had an asian kid play the piano and uh we were all um taking riffs off him and so then i taught everyone in the band to do but in like a jazz swing type version it's like look pokes it was like 2000 it was like 2011 2012 it was a different time back then um i would not i don't think i would condone doing that now i don't think now would be the appropriate time to be doing that Oh, but anyway, so yeah, that's the that's the story. So every time I hear Duh-duh, hot chocolate, and I hear hot chocolate, <laughs> just like not on rhythm with anything in it. So that makes me laugh. Uh, but I thought I forgot this song, but it turns out I didn't. <sighs> so, anyways, I guess um, guess we have to get super into this movie now. I know some of you have seen this movie before, and you're like, I know it's like motion human motion capture is a lot of the thing, which they thought would have caught on. Uh, kind of, it did, but, um, not for 100% animated movies, more for, like, uh, The Avengers, like they did with Thanos and Hulk, not with, uh, fully cartoons, and one thing I learned, like, it just looks creepy, I thought maybe it's a product of the time, I don't know, not, like, obviously one on Google, uh, I think I just Googled Polar Express, and then one of the, you know, those bottom little results with the arrows you can point out to expand it. It's like, why is the Polar Express so creepy? And I'm like, didn't even have to re- either. We're getting really good with uh, these ads are getting really close to, like, getting in my brain or uh, or just uh, this is what everyone thinks about this movie. Um, so it turns out from what it said there is that uh, with the eyes, I guess, um... So motion capture can't uh, capture eyes. This is from, like, a professional who's talking about this. They may be able to now. I'm not sure. Or they're just way better at doing CGI and eyes. Um, but, yeah, with motion capture eyes, they did not do a good job, at least in the editing or part of that. I don't know a lot about it, but 
I do know. I do know. And the one thing you have to get a lot of details in there to make it look good. And, you get, and then there's the uncanny valley. If you don't know what the uncanny valley are is R is uh, uncanny valley is um, it's a weird thing with uh, kind of animation CGI type of thing when when you get to a point where something's so realistic it looks weird and you can tell it's weird um, a lot of studios Disney's been doing this a lot you know you have obviously if you watch Rogue One um, you had that one guy, uh, the old guy, um, who was like Darth Vader's number one for A New Hope, uh, and then Princess Leia was in it at the end. Spoilers for a movie that's super old. Well, no, not that old. I think it came out 2017? 2016. That's when it came out. Um, so, spoilers for that, uh, young Princess Leia is in there, but it's not played by Carrie Fisher. So, when we, you know, in regards to keep moving that, so it's like you, when you look at it too long, it'd be weird. It's a lot of times to do weird, a lot of cuts and stuff like that. Um, we're getting really good. Um, obviously if you watch any of the Marvel de-aging stuff, like they're doing a pretty good job with that. You don't notice it too much, but, uh, this movie was like 2004, 2005. I don't, I'm not looking up the year folks. I don't, I don't want this movie in my mind anymore. I'm just getting this out and then we're never talking about this movie again. Um, so, uh, everything just looks like it's a monstrosity. This whole, the whole thing creeps me out. It's a monstrosity. I don't even know if I took good notes. So, with all that being said, let's just get, let's just, uh, let's just jump into it. Let's just get into this movie. So, uh, okay. So the movie starts out with narrator Tom Hanks talking about, Tom Hanks talking about like when he was a kid and believing in Santa. And then the narrator doesn't come back until the very end. Um, just want to make it that clear. So I guess this is Tom Hanks as a child or the child turns into Tom Hanks as well. It's like some of the other characters, Tom Hanks, you know, for how good of an actor he is, I hope this is his worst movie. Um, so, so yeah. Um, this kid, I guess, is, uh, we started with this kid. I guess his name is a hero kid. Um, he's played by the guy who played Junie from Spy Kids and, uh, the guy who's married to Megan Trainer, unfortunately. Um, so we're gonna, I'm just gonna call him Junie because I think that's the only way I'm gonna be, uh, there's not a lot of, they didn't do a lot of good names in this movie, so I'm having to make half of this shit up. Um, so... Junie from Spy Kids, he's very skeptical about the existence of Santa and Christmas this year, and I guess his Christmas spirit is very, very low. Um, so then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, he's in bed, and all of a sudden a fucking train stops by his bedroom. Uh, I, like I said, there's no train track, so it, this just makes no fucking sense. Uh, and then the Tom Hanks... The con train conductor Tom Hanks uh, starts mansplaining to him. He's like, this, you don't know what the fuck this random-ass train is doing outside of no train tracks. This is the Polar Express. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and uh, at first, um, first Junie, I guess, he's like, okay. Because it's like a crucial year because he's about to not believe in Santa anymore. And that's the theme of this movie, believing in Santa. And uh, so... Strange, so he almost does not get on the strange train with the strange CGI Tom Hanks, but uh, then he ends up getting on there. So we know this kid really wants to get kidnapped on this train. This is 
this kid, these children just want to get kidnapped. Like, I remember my parents, like, I lived in a town of, like, a thousand people. And still, my parents were smart enough, like, hey, don't get into a car with a stranger. Like, you know, um, they used to tell me that. And they taught me that so much. I'm like, yeah, I fucking I, I get it. I'm not going to get in a car with a stranger. And to them, it's just like, um, it's like, we don't want you to get murdered. Um, especially get raped and murdered. And, uh, in my mind, I'm just like, I'm just, you're annoying me so much. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so that's how I wasn't molested. Um, so yeah, he's on the train. And then we meet that know-it-all kid. We all know this kid. We all know this kid. We all want to punch him in the face. I don't have to explain it to you. If you're watching, I'm going to try to pull up a clip of him. Uh, he's annoying. And we all know, we all know someone like this kid. And we'd all love to just give him a fucking punch in the face and uh, watch him cry and no one give a shit about him crying. So, uh, and then they're like, check his pockets. Oh, he has a lisp too. And sometimes people have lisps because it's unfortunate and some people deserve a lisp. This kid deserved a lisp. Uh, so, then like, I guess he's asked for his ticket and then... Creepy conductor's like, check your pocket. And then they find out this creepy conductor put the ticket in his pocket. Even more weird. Puts two letters at the beginning of it, which you'll find out later what that's supposed to mean. Uh, and then they try to pick up this kid in a 1920s nightgown. And he almost does the same thing. He, like, he almost doesn't want to get on. Then he decides the last minute he wants to get on and he can't catch the train. And so Junie from Spy Kids obviously uh, pulls the emergency brake and... Uh, Conductor Tom Hanks is not cool about that, um, but the kid gets on. He doesn't get to sit with the other kids, though. He's sitting in his own separate compartment, and uh, it's not going to hang out with those kids. And I bet, you know, I'll bet you're in your mind, you're thinking, oh, man, Tom Hanks' conductor is kind of a dick. And I will tell you that this kid is also kind of a bitch, so um, I see why Tom Hanks didn't want that energy with the cool kids, and minus that annoying kid. So... We get move on further into, uh, you know, there they start singing the Hot Chocolate song where, like I mentioned previously, uh, years and years of alcohol abuse and drug abuse has not made me forget this. And uh, one problem I never noticed with this song is they say never let the hot chocolate cool. Now, I'm a big fan I feel like there's a, everyone, you know, with coffee or hot chocolate, there's like a perfect temperature and you want to drink it at the perfect temperature. Um, I miss it. I miss it a lot on coffee, but I also kind of like to just chug it all at once, you know, kind of do it Italian style. You didn't know what Italian style like espresso is. I could be wrong here, but I thought I heard this one time or I read it somewhere online. Uh, was it a credible website? Maybe. Um, that Italian people, they don't like sit in coffee shops. They like get espresso and then they just like chug it down and then go on their way, stuff like that, um, I could be wrong, so don't, don't act like I'm, I mean, I am a genius, but I may have to, so, so yeah, so they sing this silly song about hot chocolate, and where it's boiling hot, they just want you to burn your tongue, so, for some reason, um, yeah, so, but though the, there's the black girl, and, uh, and I know you're thinking, does, do you really have to call her a black girl? I'm gonna be honest, she's the only black girl in this film. It's going to be easier to swear her out from the rest. She decides to get uh, some, save an extra cup of hot chocolate for uh, the kid in the 1920s nightgown because uh, he didn't get any because he's in a separate cart that they're not giving it to. 
Um, and in the process of that, uh, uh, the conductor wants to go with her and tickets left there. And then this is the craziest part about this movie. And this is, I think this is when I realized like, I can't fucking do this anymore. When I, when I was watching this movie, I'm like, I cannot fucking do this. Um, so the ticket, I'm just going to read my notes. It flies out the window. It goes with wolves, like what they're running, they're building wind and everything. It's flying with them. It's caught by an eagle. Eaten by the baby eagle. And it's in like a crumpled ball. And then the baby eagle spits the ball out. And it rolls down a hill, creating a snowball. It hits the front of the train. And then lands exactly in the back of the train in like the vent or something. Which is oddly convenient. Um, and the stupidest shit I have ever seen in a movie in my entire life. Um, may I say stupider than Nightmare on Elm Street? There I said it. Maybe this may be stupider than that. At least that movie stuck to theme. This was just nonsense. Um, and then also, yeah, and then they realize she doesn't, well, and then in that process, she really, she doesn't have her ticket, so the conductor takes her away, and they go to the top of the train, and um, and that makes me wonder, why would, why do trains, I don't, I don't understand the whole, maybe I don't understand train culture, but, and I don't think they do it these days, but I think it might be the olden days, why were they checking the tickets while the train was already moving and on its way? Wouldn't it have made more sense to do, like, airlines do today, and check and make sure you have a ticket before they let you on the plane, before it leaves the ground? And flies away. I don't know how long it took for them to do that. I have to imagine, you know, like New York and shit. They're not fucking checking everything. You slide your card before you even get on the subway or the train or whatever. But in this, in other old train world, they don't. That's, uh, that's not how they're doing it. This is the type of guy you get. So this is just bad business practice. So obviously Junie from Spy Kids. Um, wants to say the black girl because he found her ticket, conveniently flew back into the train, uh, and then he runs into homeless man Tom Hanks hitching a ride on the roof of the train. Um, he offers Junie a drink from a rusty tin can. Like I said, the kid's kidnapped. Now he's taking a drink from a stranger. I I can't make this up. Um, how these kids are not dead, I don't know. Maybe they're having fever dreams. I don't know, but yeah, and then eventually after almost dying skiing on the roof, it's a crazy fucking crazy thing that they're not dead from skiing on the roof. Um, they, the, he makes it to, I guess, the um, engine room. I guess she's steering the train now. That's what happens when you don't, is that what happens when you don't have a ticket for a train and hop on the train? And you're a child, and they don't want to just throw you off. Um, and then also, yeah, and then also, why are they asking for tickets? Because, like, this guy is kidnapping. Like, you're kidnapping these children to go on your creepy train, and then um, then you're asking for a ticket? I don't... Okay? There's not a lot of good logic in this. Um, and so, he finds the black... Obviously, he finds the black girl... And, um, and this is the point at which, um, this is where the start of a predicament where I was wondering, 
we, um, this is 30 minutes into this movie. I think it's like an hour and a half, plus or minus some minutes. Um, and this is the point. I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? Um, am I having a fever dream? Uh, but sadly, I, it's just a movie, a really shitty movie. And I was only 30 minutes in, and I wanted it to end. So in this whole fucking scene, like there's caribou all over the train tracks, and then they somehow get that resolved by pulling a guy's beard, um, which I don't know how, and no one's not dead, oh yeah, and they drive a train over a frozen lake, and barely make it back on the actual tracks, um, which I don't know, how are you, how is everyone on this train alive, by the time it's like bumping back and forth, there's no, I, don't, I didn't see any seatbelts on this thing, everyone in that train has to be either dead or all have concussions, um, and then after that, they meet the kid in the 1920s nightgown and him and the black girl. And I know I'm not supposed to say word, I'd say it in this kind of sentence, but this is the only way I can say it. Uh, they sing a gay little song. Um, and I'm trying not to remember the song on purpose um, for because it's a gay little song. Not the, not the normal kind of gay where you just love who you love. The bad kind of gay. We all know the bad kind of gay. Um, and then, um, and then they're like, oh, we're almost at the North Pole. And then, um, and then so, uh, what am I, what did I write down here? Um, so, oh yeah, and then they get off the train because they're going to the big ceremony of Santa giving the first gift of Christmas. And the kid in the 1920s nightgown is not allowed because um, Tom Han- conductor Tom Hanks fucking hates this kid like, for no reason at all, um, which I kind of get because he he does start to act like a little bitch as the story goes on. Um, and then they're trying to you know Junie and the black girl try to get them him off the train. The train keeps moving, and then this whole thrilling scene of the workshop and seeing all this shit. And um, then we learned the nightgown kid's name is Billy. Finally, someone in this movie besides Santa Claus has a name. It's only two characters, Santa and Billy. <laughs> and uh, Billy the Nightgown Bandit, um, he sees one of his presents, and he's super obsessed with it. And he's like, you know you're going to get that present, right? And he's, like, holding on to it for, like, his entire, like, for his entire existence. Like, I need this present. And that's why he's a little bitch. And so they make it into Santa's giant-ass bag, and they have a weird bag drop on the sleigh. Um, then we meet the fucking elves, which are the creepiest fucking things ever. Um, you thought just normal motion capture kids are creepy. Motion capture elves are my fucking sleep paralysis demons, um, that I've not been able to, uh, stop thinking about. And, uh, and then obviously, uh, the elves are getting ready for this big old first gift of Christmas celebration. And all the elves are walking around, getting ready to go, as if Santa's a fucking celebrity. Um, but isn't Santa their boss? Now, I've had jobs, and I've had bosses, and uh, I would never treat my boss like a celebrity. Um, that's one thing. And uh, well, then Santa finally walks out, and it's to Frank Sinatra's version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Now, I love Sinatra. I'm a big Sinatra fan. Uh, not when he, not the ones, the time where he beat women, but, um, just his cool style of music. 
in his ability to sing. Um, but I think they should have used the Bruce Springsteen version of Santa Claus Come to Town. Okay? That's just my opinion. Um, that's the better version. And then I like it because Bruce Springsteen has like a stroke in the end. Of, Santa! 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 So I think that's really funny. Um, and then... Uh, and also, yeah, the reason why you should do that version, because Santa's the boss, and Bruce Springsteen's the boss. Therefore, two bosses uh, should be together doing that shit. Then, um, plus also, uh, this movie has a lot of original music, but then also, like, just random recordings of Frank Sinatra. That's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they should you know, put a little another original in there, or co- a, a specific cover for this movie. I don't know. Um... But I remember this movie sucks, so that's why they didn't think of that. So, and then Reindeer is, I guess, excited, and a bell from the reindeer falls off, and uh, Junie, uh, shaking the bell, finally believes in Santa, even though he's on a train. He took a train to the North Pole, and is literally seeing Santa right now. <laughs> he's like, now I believe in Santa. Took you fucking long enough, dude. Uh... And then, I guess, uh, and then Santa's talking to all the kids, and he, that know-it-all little bitch kid, um, he, he, he's like, starts roasting him. He's like, you need patience and humility. Um, which is Santa's, the, which if we're going to translate what Santa is about to say, Santa's saying, shut the fuck up. Um, and, oh yeah, and also, I'm, I'm not sure if you guessed this, but uh, Santa is also played by Tom Hanks uh, with a weird voice-lowering plug-in. Like, I know what you're thinking here. High-budget movie. They did not... This is like a five-second thing in any uh, any audio workstation. I'm telling you right now. And uh, I guess um, after that, um, Junie gets the first gift of Christmas, and he chooses the bell that fell off that reindeer. Which, bitch, it's Santa. He could have got you anything he wants. And he chose that fucking bell. Uh, okay, and then they're like, all right, first gift of Christmas, and uh, now I gotta work my one day a year. And then a Steven Tyler L sings Rockin' on Top of the World, which we also played in my high school jazz band. And now years of drinking and drugs have failed me to forget that now, too. And uh, that memory's back. And Rockin' on Top of the World, Rockin' on Top of the World. That's all the song is. It's stupid. Um, so um, they are on their ride home and they have to reshow their tickets and turns out like the two little letters the hole punch at the beginning equal a learn uh equal a letter and um see journey journey Junie said believe uh that know-it-all little bitch kid he got learn um which is short for which i learned i'm assuming the learn he got on his ticket is short for learn how to avoid these hands um the, uh, is that the only one I put? Oh, yeah, those are the only two I got, because I wanted to talk about that bitch kid, uh, the bitch know-it-all kid. Um, and then Junie puts the bell in his robe pocket, the one with the hole in it, because he's a fucking idiot. Um, and he's like, oh, man, I guess I lost the bell. And he's like, oh, well. Uh, and then all the kids get dropped off at home, and, uh, they walk back into their, fr- all walk, just walk into their front doors, no concerned parents at all. Their children have uh, been missing for several hours uh, with a weird train conductor. Um, and to make matters worth, wor- worse, I'm saying that right, uh, when 
our boy Junie walks in the door. Um, he's like, Merry Christmas. He's yell, he's yells Merry Christmas at the top of his lungs. Still, no one wakes up. <laughs> his parents aren't concerned at all. No, none of these parents care. This is just the story of bad parents. Uh, and also, this movie has more fucking endings than Lord of the Rings. I swear to God. Um, next morning, uh, our next ending, uh, luckily Santa found the missing bell, brought it back to good old Junie, and he opened it under the tree Christmas morning, and his parents were like, it's broken, it's, they can't hear it because they don't believe in Santa, and, uh, now we're back to fully narrator Tom Hanks is back here, uh, saying that over the years, everyone, some people couldn't hear the bell anymore, but I could still hear the bell because I still believe in Santa from the time a creepy guy on a train kidnapped me. Then, roll credits to Believe by Josh Groban. Um, and there was no post-credit scene. I didn't stick around, but I kind of skimmed through the the film. And, uh, yeah, there was no post-credit scene. And honestly, I think Nick Fury, um, recruiting someone for the Avengers would have made this movie a lot better. Anyways, though, that's the movie. This piece of shit movie. So, when I watch a movie... I always like to think to myself, what is the lesson we learned in this movie? Um, so we got the ones I came to my top of my head first. Uh, the Uncanny Valley is a real fucking thing, and we all need to be aware of that. And thank God they're not doing shit like that anymore. Um, this movie is also fucking terrifying. Uh, I assume if you're a parent, uh, it could be even more terrifying how a creepy guy with a, a creepy crank, train conductor kidnaps your kids for a few hours. Um... And, um, and then, all jokes aside, though, um, at least kind of in, like, the last two movies, the Santa Claus and the Grinch, there was, like, the Grinch, you know, I think Christmas is more than presents, it's about, you know, caring for one another, blah, 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 that bullshit, and then the Santa Claus is all about, um, it's not necessarily a lesson or anything, but it's just kind of an interesting, like, what if this guy became Santa? It's, like, a cool, kind of an interesting story. This movie, the whole meaning of the story is, like, believe in Santa, and then, you know, Santa's not real in real life, but also, like, that's the lesson of this movie. This movie has, doesn't, you don't learn anything from this movie. Like, they try to make this kid look like he's a, he's like a great person and always, like, wants to save the day and what becomes a better person. I don't think he becomes a better person by the end of it. He's just like, now I believe in Santa from this traumatizing trip. Like, that's what this movie is about. Um, and I have to say, I never want to watch this fucking thing again from, for the rest of my life. I never want to see this movie ever again, and I mean it. You wouldn't download a car, so why should these random websites get your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private, while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed anytime, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for an, any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. Uh, you can just cancel at any time, uh, and that way you're not getting charged every month and you're not forgetting about that ongoing subscription. But wait, there's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend 
anywhere. That's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Do you ever just casually solve world hunger and think, I wish I could get alcohol delivered to me. Well, lucky for you, today's sponsor, Drizzly, is here to the rescue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our links in the description today, you can save $5 off your purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. All right, so it's that special time of the day, of the week, in your week, where I solve all of your problems. And I know a lot of you have a lot of problems, but uh, the nice thing about these problems is I know how to solve them, because I am the smartest person you know. And that's why you're listening to the show. So, uh, without further ado... Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. And, uh... Let's just jump into it. All right, so first question we got here. Why is shitting at someone's house frowned upon so much? It's strange to me that people would risk shitting themselves on someone's couch or sitting sitting place couch or sitting place then risk being judged when asking politely to use their restroom. It's there for that purpose and if you got to go, you got to go. That's why I literally have a sign next to my bathroom saying if you need to go need a number 2, go for it too. That is what is there for. So that's a good question. Now, I've never I've only been nervous to poop in someone's home a couple times. Um, one, I mean, I remember one time, I think, I don't know, there's some, I have a little bit of anxiety, so sometimes I'm like, I don't want to poop in their home or whatever. Um, other, I think the other times, um, it's with a woman, like, men with women are like, I'm not going to take a massive shit in her house. What is she going to think of me? What is she going to think of me? So there's, there's a little bit of anxiety there. Um, so, um, but there, your question is, why is it so frowned upon? Um, so, I mean, in my mind, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, it's, I know with guys, it's just kind of like, Jesus, dude, why do you have to take a shit right now? And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like that, you know, when you're in middle school or whatever, it's like, this dude's taking his shit in the stall. <laughs> just bears or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, if, if, I mean, for guys goofing around, it's like, damn it, dude, why are you taking a massive shit in my home? Or whatever. So it's a joke like that, but I don't think it's actually a concern unless you're like clogging the toilet um, or like really stinking up the place, you know? Um, the smell, I think, of like a lot of guys. I know, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, this is like me if I go to a girl's house and I have to take a shit and you're like, oh, fuck. And like you don't know her very well and you're like, I don't want her to know about my poops yet. I mean, and here's the thing, though. I don't know why I get so nervous about that as well, because if it becomes ride or die... Um, First of all, ride or die, bitch. It's, it, you, at some point, she's going to have to learn how you poop. She's going to have to learn that I use a bidet um, and shit like that. I'm maybe using a squatty potty soon. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, the adventures never end with me and my poops. But with that, yeah, so I know when it's guys and girls, like, it's a big deal. But with, uh, 
men's usually goofing around stuff like that. So I think people. I don't know if it's frowned upon. Like, for me, if someone comes over here and takes a dump, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Um, you're like, you just walk in, Jesus, it smells bad, or whatever. So if you get embarrassed that someone's smelling your your shits or whatever, I think, I think it's more embarrassment over anything, uh, what you leave behind over um, the actual going poop itself. I think you're just nervous. Um, and I know guys with women, like, first impressions, do not take a massive shit in her toilet. Uh, that's, uh, that's just most guys. This is the type of guy you get. And so, but if they go full throttle, Let's go full throttle, then it's going to be a problem that you're going to have to deal with and kind of a move on forward from there and uh, have to deal with through that as well. So, um, with, uh, you know, with the most things I would say in regards to that, um, for me, I prefer to poop at home at this point, just because I have a bidet and, uh, pooping without a bidet is just not the same for me. Um, before that though, I had no care in the world pooping at anyone's except, you know, the girl situation, uh, taking a massive dump in her home. It's a bit concerning folks. Uh, so, I mean, that's something you got to think about too. I think, yeah, I think more people are just embarrassed about what they leave behind rather than the actual, um, taking a dump at someone's home. That's the main thing. I think it's frowned upon for yourself because you're just nervous about what you're going to leave behind. Well, it's like when you're in your own home, you know, what you leave behind, like, it's my home. I don't, I don't give a shit what you think. It's my home. I'm going to poop as much as I want. So, uh, and if you work in, and, I, and then, yeah, it's like other people's homes and then you do an office job. I'm like, I do not care. I will poop as much as I want here. It's no big deal to me. I'm on the clock. So, um, yeah. So maybe, maybe this is a good lesson for all of us. Let's stop being so nervous about where we poop. And maybe be a little more concerned with how we poop. Because our poops matter. All poops matter. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Um, what does it mean when someone says they want to grab drinks? Um, I grew up as an introvert with a small friend group and now graduating college, it's even smaller. A buddy I used to work with said we should grab drinks and I don't know what all that entails. I think you said you're a man and you're 23. So, um, maybe, maybe, yeah, it sounds like you, you don't, you go, I think someone's wanting to catch up with you. And so it's kind of, it's just kind of a, you know, polite way of like, Hey, let's go out and do something. It's like, Hey, let's go out and, uh, grab drinks sometime. I know people in Nashville are like, Hey, let's write together sometime. That's a great way of like, Hey, we should catch up sometime. I think it's more like, uh, your friend is trying to say, let's catch up sometime over a few drinks, you know, cause I, you know, a lot of people have, you know, good times. They just get a drink and they talk with their friends and they get into really good conversations. I think they just want to have a really good conversation, seeing what you're up to and kind of doing that. So that's kind of the thing. What he is, what I probably, it sounds like you're two guys, uh, who are not gay. And so that's probably what he means when he says he wants to grab drinks with you, probably at a normal bar, that's just chill, and fun to talk to. Now, I think when I initially saw this, I thought um, someone might have been asking you on a date. And uh, I know back in my Christian days, uh, it was always, let's go out for coffee. Now that I'm not doing that shit anymore, I'm going out for drinks. Because coffee, a lot of people think coffee makes their breath smell bad, and then they have to poop. And I don't know why. And like I have friends who are like not even following that anymore. They're like, oh, look, ask her out for coffee. I'm like we're fucking adults, Let's ask him for a drink, and I know you drink, and if she's not into drinking, it's probably not going to work out in a relationship anyways, so that's probably something you should, uh, you're going to have to figure out before you even start a relationship, so, I mean, drinks are really good for that, and 
drinks, it's kind of like it's less, uh, what I would say is it's less uh, pressure than dinner. It's dinner and you have to buy things and she, she could be like, well, I want to take advantage of this free meal, but I'm not putting out tonight. Maybe if things keep going well, I will put out, but not tonight. Drinks take all that pressure away because it's kind of like worst case scenario. She's not going to be that concerned with buying her own drinks uh, or you buying your drinks. You're not racking up that, like a ton of money in drinks unless you're both alcoholics. Um, and if that's the case, I would say, hey, pre-game before we go out for drinks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so that I was thinking more on dating, but in your situation, yeah, I would say that when your friends and let's get drinks, I think they're just wanting to catch up see what you're up to, see how you're doing, and see what you're doing with life. So you're probably overthinking uh, this situation, and I'm going to make an educated guess. You probably have anxiety too, like me. So uh, we overthink things all the time, and it's okay. Um, You just got to realize that it's not normal to overthink. So when you overthink, realize not everyone else is overthinking shit. And this is for a date. Um... Do not roofie her. That's also a good lesson. Um, Roofies are not fun. I can tell you from firsthand experience. So that's a good lesson to learn. Don't roofie people. It's bad. Okay, our next one we have. Do men care if their girlfriends fart? I'm not a gassy person in general, so maybe that's why this gives me so much anxiety. I've also had boyfriends in the past who don't care and or think it's funny. But I really want to know if deep down somewhere in yourself, you think, ew, I can't believe my cute girlfriend just farted. So this is a good question. Um, I assume when you're, uh, when you're younger, a younger, a younger man would say, uh, Farting is gross. Uh, girls don't fart. Farting is gross. Only boys fart. It's a guy thing. So girls shouldn't fart. Um, me as an adult, I don't think I've ever really thought that. I just assume they're going to at some point, and that's just going to happen. Some girls are like, we do not, I do not fart in front of my boyfriend. I never do that. You know, if, I, if a girl farts in front of me, that's funny. If it's a good one, I'm going to laugh and be like, nice. Um, but uh, during sex, no. Just, um, d- no, just... This is for the guys. This is for all genders. Uh, if you're a printer, if you're non-binary, if you're an attack helicopter or a defense helicopter, um, like the adult diapers, it depends. Um, what I would say, though, is uh, if you are um, having sex, just don't fart. That's a, that's a, that's a life lesson right there. Um, for the younger generation, just don't fart during sex. That's just, uh, that's my advice to you, and, uh, just go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Because, and especially for the women who don't want to fart during sex, um, you want to feel, feel like, like a, a woman, a real woman. You know, so, uh, yeah, just don't fart during sex. But, uh, I think other times it's fair game. Um, I don't think people should be farting in each other's faces. That's how you get pink eye. Uh, so don't do that, but, uh, you know, the general farting and stuff like that, I don't think it's a bad thing, and honestly, um, if I was dating a girl who's as damaged and broken as I am, she would have to think farts are funny, uh, because it'd be very hard for a relationship to work out, uh, if she didn't think farts are funny, um, didn't farts and she doesn't burp, yeah, it just seems weird, but, you know, obviously, um, don't do it during sex, and don't do it on each other's faces. But then there's some guys who are into 
girl farts. Um, like, you know that chick Stephanie from 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days? She now sells her farts in jars, which, I mean, I guess sell them, but I don't know whose kink that is. And I hope you get pink guy, because that's fucking gross. Um, I know we're not... Do we kink shame on the show? Yes, I forgot we do. We do kink shame. We don't slut shame, because sluts are cool. Uh, but we do kink shame. Um, not the fact that you have the kink, the fact that it, I have to know about it. I'm, that's what I'm shaming you for. The fact that I have to know you have a kink. That is uh, that is something that's, uh, un, that's something you need to not share with me ever again. Because I don't want to know that. And, uh, yeah. But women, you should be not scared to fart in front of your man. You gotta make sure they're ride or die. First of all... Ride or die, bitch. So you got to know who your ride or dies are, like my EPs that are out now, wherever you stream your music, um, because um, if a man's not going to stick with you after you fart, he's not a real man. That is a boy. Boys don't like girls who fart, or women who fart. Men don't care or will think it's funny. So um, in regards to that, men who think women farting are gross. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. And yeah. And our next question here. Why do guys spend so much time pooping slash being in the bathroom? I'm assuming this is a woman asking this question. Uh, or a, I feel like a woman, a real woman. A real woman asking this question. So, um, here, here's the thing, though. I'm a single man. I don't have a girlfriend right now as we're recording this. Obviously, things could change. It could be you, too, you lucky ladies out there. But uh, with that, you know... When, what you're assuming too is I hear, I hear this complaint a lot from married women with children and their husbands go to the bathroom and they spend a long time in there. I don't necessarily, the most of my time in the bathroom is spent cleaning myself with a bidet. A lot of poop questions today, FYI. We have a lot of poop questions going on uh, in, in the today's episode. What, so here's, here's going to be an educated guess on your specific situation, on why he is spending so much time in the bathroom. Um, he needs uh, some time to himself because it feels like you're probably, he's probably have, has to do so much when he's not in the bathroom. When he's in the bathroom, he's just by himself, has some time to breathe, get rid of all his brown turtle logs, Gets rid of all that, can sit on his phone, just read things, and it's just kind of a nice way to relax for him. Uh, like kids aren't running around the place. Maybe you're annoying. You could be the problem here. You could be you could be the problem. Maybe uh, stop being so annoying or just let him or treat this time for him as just time he needs for himself. That way he can have that specific time to himself. That way he can just kind of get re-energized and he could be the man of the family that you expect him to be. That's one thing. Um, now, there could be other cases. He could be spending so much time in the bathroom. Maybe your marriage is perfect. I don't know you. But uh, he could be constipated all the time. That could be a problem. He could have a lot of diarrhea. He could be spending a lot of time cleaning up. I mean, there's a, there's a list of things we could go into. Uh, most of the time, it's probably just like him trying to find some peace and just trying to relax a little bit, have some alone time. I'm going to make that's going to be my educated guess on why he's spending so much time in the bathroom. Uh, but I also don't know you, so you could be going through a million different things uh, that I will never know about. With that being said, though, um, if he is having any pooping problems, 
Uh, things I can suggest are taking some fiber. I mean, he could be going on like a low-carb diet, so maybe some fiber could help him out if he's actually having some problems in there. Uh, after that, then maybe you got to maybe go to a doctor, get some blood tests done. Um, but I'm probably just assuming he is uh, just wanting some peace. And uh, this is kind of helping him get a peace of mind. Uh, and this is going to be uh, a thing. Maybe um, you can make a deal where if he spends less time in the bathroom, uh, you'll give him blowjobs. Because uh, that would probably help him uh, in the meantime. Because it sounds like like you're getting angry. Like, the kids need you. I need you. Help. I'm like, well... He's just wanting some peace, peace, and some peace for a moment. So, uh, yeah, that's all I'm gonna. I think that's all I have to really say on that. Um, in regards to your situation, uh, maybe, maybe your marriage is perfect. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're just a little curious. We're all a little curious every once in a while. So, yeah. Okay. What are the pros and cons of breaking up with someone so you can get together with their sibling? That's rough, buddy. Okay. There's a lot going on here in one sentence. And no explanation either. So, um... So, this is the part where I, I can go over shitty things that'll work. Or the, the, the best thing you could do. Um, honestly, at this point, I don't think I have a good answer, so I'm just gonna start talking and hope I find it along the way. So, uh, pros of bringing up with someone so you can get together with their sibling. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> and I really hope you're not from Alabama, because that makes the whole family reunion different. So... You know, someone so you can get together. Um, thinking, I'm thinking of probably the only pro I can think of is you could you get to have sex with their sibling. Um, however, though, um, if if it's just sex, you you're probably okay if you can accomplish that. Uh, however, um. You are now, if you're wanting to ride or die... First of all, ride or die, bitch. you want to ride or die with the sister, um, family gatherings and shit like that are going to be awkward. Now I don't even know how close they are as siblings, so that could be awkward. And um, I'm going to be honest. Um, unless, in like, the pros meet, could be you like her personality more and you get to have sex with her. It's probably the only pros. In, in regards to it, the cons are going to really outweigh the pros in this situation because then you have to, there's a lot of baggage that you just created, not like you had before because we all have baggage and we have to deal with it and stuff like that. But you're creating the baggage with this person <laughs> and then continuing to overstuff this suitcase uh, with that problem. When in reality, you'd, there's some problems you probably don't have to overstuff the suitcase with. So there, there's a situation here. And also, I'm going to be honest with you. If you're making a pros and cons list to break up with someone to get with their sister, I'm going to make make a point to you. You probably don't like this person at all. Uh, you don't respect them. especially You especially don't respect them. That's 100% the truth. So 
we, so there's the big thing there. You 100% do not respect um, her. And uh, honestly, you should probably break up. Um, if you want to try to hook up with the sister, you can. But I don't think a relationship with either of these two women is going to be a good idea for you. Um, and you are going to have to deal with that. I don't know what else to tell you here. I'm telling you the cons outweigh the pros. And uh, this sounds like a lot of problems uh, that could be easily resolved um, uh, with some common sense. So um, what I'll say is good luck to you, buddy, and um, don't play yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. This is an interesting one. Am I being too judgmental for maybe not wanting to date a girl who believes in astrology? I met this beautiful, beautiful girl. She's literally an 11 out of 10, and we have a lot in common, but she believes in astrology. I understand that everyone has their beliefs, and if she's into it for the fun, then I'll overlook it, but I'm afraid that she'll start judging me and base all her decisions based off her horoscope. It's normal for people to want to believe in something. I got my beliefs too, but if her horoscope makes her accuse me of being a certain way when I'm clearly not, I figure that's when I'll cut it off. It's not fair to view me in a certain way without even getting to know me first. Am I being too judgmental? Should I give her a chance? I don't want to date a hardcore astrologist in the same way that I would never date a religious fundamentalist. So this is a very good question. Um, mainly because I think astrology is bullshit. And a lot of girls out there. And I've come to the conclusion. Um, I think someone else may have thought this up, but I've put my own thoughts into this. Women... Um, you notice a lot of these women who are into astrology are very hot. And I think why they're into astrology is because when things, because things don't go their way, the only thing they can blame is the universe. So things go their way so much when things, the one time things don't go their way, they have to blame the universe. And so I believe it's bullshit too. So I'm going to come with you from my mind. Now she's hot. She could be really cool and like fun to talk to and shit. And she just believes in this bullshit. So here, like, it's okay for her to like believe in that shit. But then, yeah, like I said, if she starts judging you for like, it's like, you just don't understand me because you're a Virgo. I'm like, that, that, shut up. That's not who I am. Stars don't define my personality. I define my personality. And so there's just, you just kind of have to, uh, what I would say in this situation, set some boundaries. Uh, and uh, if you can get with this girl. And so yeah, I think you're going to have to set boundaries. Like if she's just like, I don't know, I don't know what astrology girls believe. I'm trying not to talk to them because I'm like, this is, uh, this is a trap or something like that. Uh, so, and they're just like, oh, so you're, oh, you're, you're a Leo, so you want to do this, and then you get into a fight, and it's like, well, you're a Sagittarius, so you're going to be acting this way, um, I'm a Scorpio or whatever, and so this is how I am, like, that, you shouldn't be basing your personality off of this bullshit, um, it's like basing your personality off of Jesus, like, well, uh, I'm, I'm a Baptist, so this is why I act this way, and you're a Calvinist or whatever bullshit, it's just, you know, it's like that. So when it comes to like the goofy fun shit, it's like whatever, you know, it's like, oh, it's Tauros season or whatever. Tauros is the Pokemon, right? Is, it, is that the same as the astrology one? I only know the Pokemon. Um, so like when it's just like the fun shit, I think that's something you let slide. Um, but it's like when you get to like, when it gets like 
too real, you know, and shit like that, when it's not just goofy fun anymore, that's when, like, you gotta be like, you just kind of have to put your foot down and be like, look, stop doing that shit, you know, it's not my, stop blaming astrology for your behavior and shit like that. You just kind of have to know your boundaries and, like, what you will and won't accept from someone like that. It's just kind of like someone who believes in God, too. It's like, what you will and won't accept Stuff like that. You know, a lot of women who like God are like, I'm just going to wait till I get married so I don't want to have sex. And then you date a guy, I'm like, well, now it's going to be a deal breaker for me because I need to nut. I need to nut right now. And I'm not going to further this if I can't nut and we have to get married in six months. That's not what I'm going to do. Um, That's rough, buddy. So, yeah, so I think, you know, you got your beliefs. She's got hers. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, she has to make everything has to at least make some sense. In regards to your beliefs, you can't just kind of make up bullshit and do like that and blame blame your problems for uh, because of uh, the universe. Like, everything always goes my way. So if something doesn't, the blame the universe. And so, yeah. And that's my thoughts on astrology girls. Um, most of the time I'll tell you to stay away from them, but she's hot. See what happens. All right, our last question of the evening kind of goes into the last one a little bit. Is society biased towards attractive people? Um, this is a good question. Um, what I'll have to say is yes. Um, look at, um, I don't know if it's as much with men because women are attracted to, um, they will put a list more than looks in regards to how they're attracted to a man. Um, let's go with women. Now, I could scroll on Instagram, just go to like the, curious thing and it's a ton of women trying to be hot and you find out that better looking people get more likes on instagram than ugly people like if i post a selfie and or whatever and then some hot chick posts a selfie the hot chick's gonna get a lot more like these like you'll see attractive women and they'll have like like a hundred thousand followers they're not even like trying to be influencers or whatever they're like kind of they want to feel like an influencer like with that attention but you know obviously and stuff like that. I mean, attractive things, I mean, for men, I mean, at least if you're talking about, like, men trying to buy something, hot women will help you sell anything. Um, I don't know if it's that way with women. Um, I have to assume yes. Like, if you're hot musicians, probably get more tail than the ugly fat ones. But with women, it's so much more different than uh, men. So it's a little bit on, uh, a little bit on different terms there. So, um, that's what I'll say. Um, it's clearly, yes. Society is clearly biased towards better looking people. Um, that's why you look at most, like you look at like anyone who's faint, who could technically be considered somewhat famous. Like they do have like an attractiveness to them or have some form of a, an appearance that people deem attractive. Um, and where, and like you can think about that when it gets to like child actors and like child, you know, singer songwriters and shit like that, it's it really weird, really fast. But, uh, yeah, I think it just happens, like, society is, uh, biased towards attractive people, and, uh, and I think that, uh, we can all be attractive, we just got to put in the effort, that's, uh, that's one thing, like, you're all, everyone's beautiful, except for Grandpa Joe from, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, he is not beautiful, he's a piece of shit, and, uh, yeah, so I think, I think we can all agree on, uh, Grandpa Joe being a piece of shit, and, uh, we all like attractive people. It's fun to look at attractive people. That's why they exist. And, uh, you know, and I, and I realize if you, if you want to go into like dating in, in regards to that, I've, you know, I've concluded with my life, you know, go, I've dated a lot of good looking women, not to brag or anything, but I, you know, I've dated some smoke shows. I, I will, I will tell you 
that I would rather have someone, uh, I'd, I prefer someone I enjoy being around over, uh, an 11 out of 10. Well, I'll say I prefer, I prefer someone who I enjoy being around over a, uh, a, a beautiful woman with no personality. Unless you're, unless you want to be Leonardo DiCaprio and you just, uh, date 21 to 25 year olds and, uh, yeah, and then there, uh, then you just get a new one, and uh, you don't date them for their personality. And that's one hundred percent true. You do not date them uh, for the personality. So that's uh, I think that's all the wisdom I have for today. So and that's how we're ending the show for today. Thank you so much for checking out this episode, the fifty seventh episode of Cancel Sweezy. I want to thank you all for staying this long, staying till the end. Um, if you, like I said, if you want to more information on me and when I announce anything like music or when I go streaming on Twitch, follow me everywhere on all social media. That's at the Sweezy. I would say Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, and I believe more may be out there too. I try to keep the same username across all of them. Um, like I said, my music is out there uh, on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Deezer, Amazon, YouTube. Should be on all of them, so you can go check that out. Stream it nonstop. Obviously, the show's almost over, so you're going to have to stream something nonstop from after this, so why not my music? Um, and you can also follow me on Twitch. Uh, I stream every Thursdays, and every other day of the week, I will announce over on social media, typically Instagram and Facebook, so you can go check me out there. If you have an Amazon Prime account, connect it to your Twitch, get a Twitch Prime account, and that way you can get a subscribe, one free subscribe, and that takes $5 out of Jeff Bezos' pocket every month, and so, uh, you know, don't be stingy. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Uh, if you also want to financially support the show, you can go check us out on Patreon. Uh, that's a great way to basically just say thank you for being a friend. Uh, travel down this road and back again. Uh, like remember, there's always free shit, like, uh, obviously, with the YouTube channel, go ahead and subscribe, like our podcast episodes and our highlights, leave a comment on your thoughts so we can start a discussion on the stupid-ass shit that I've been saying uh, throughout this show. Um, you can also, you can also share our highlights with your friends and family and coworkers and people you don't like either too. You can send it to people you don't like as well. Uh, that helps them. I want to get looking at it. We want to try to infiltrate YouTube's algorithm a lot more like we have with our audio platform as well. And this is a great way to help me do it for free. Like always, if you're on the audio platforms, uh, subscribe leave a review, give us a star rating, whether that's a five star down to one star, just leave us a star rating, leave us a review, tell the world how much you hate me. Uh, it's a great way to say uh, something about the show. Help us with our algorithm as well. You can hate me and still help out with our algorithm. That's the kind of guy I am. And This is the type of guy you get. So uh, we're ending the show. So uh, Let's go full throttle. Let's end it like we always do. Honk if you love butt drugs and uh, stay awesome. Look at you, hun. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much. Make sure, wherever you're watching or listening to the show, that you press the subscribe button and leave us a review as well. Like always, I just want to remind you once again to stay awesome.